I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Top 10 takeaways, top 10 takeaways from a pretty underwhelming week. Uh, A lot of potential with week 14 and it did not deliver. We had Drew Locke at quarterback. We had some Easton Stick at quarterback. We had some Davis Mills at quarterback. It was a difficult week for quarterback health and we're going to get into it. I have 10 takeaways right off the top. That's the new format, man. I love this new format. I got 10 takeaways right out of the gate for you. The 10 takeaways from Sunday. I have them for you, and then we'll dig into the details. The first takeaway, Rashad White has developed into a complete and total bell cow, exceeding all of my wildest expectations. And I had wild expectations, wild expectations. Right, R.C. Fisher claimed that <laughs> Rashad White's better than B. John Robinson. And then you look up, and they're playing in the same game, and you're like, well, uh, is he wrong? Rashad White, baby! Yeah! Oh, oh, we told you. We told you, told you, told you. Being so far out in front of Rashad White has made me so happy, especially in Dynasty, where we were called crazy. We were called crazy. And the second takeaway is if Max Crosby quits, you wouldn't call him crazy. I wouldn't. I think that was that's logical. An in-season holdout for Max Crosby should be allowed. They should have a special rule passed by Roger Goodell and the NFL. The, the NFL is doing great. They're in a lot less trouble A lot fewer scandals than ever. But now the scandal is, how could you possibly allow a player of this talent, like the the defensive player of the year, he is going ham in obscurity, another two-sack game, and the defense only allows three points, and they lose? Max Crosby should quit. I would hold out for the rest of the year. Why? Why even bother? Why? Why? He's already earned his salary for 2023. Just sit out the rest of the year, Max. You deserve it. And the Raiders don't deserve Max Crosby. Takeaway number three, the Bears franchise made a statement. That game mattered. That score mattered. That was a very, very big deal. And the the best part of it, no quarterback injuries. Goff and Fields played the whole game. 
and Fields was just better. The Bears were better. And all of you with the Fields, DJ Moore stacks, I got a bunch of emails over the weekend talking about the, the Fields, DJ Moore stacks uh, on our optimizer, the DFS optimizer, love the DJ Moore, Justin Fields stacks, Fields more, Fields more, Fields more. So congrats on, on that. Congrats on your uh, 51 fantasy points from Fields and DJ Moore. And that was also a very easily attainable stack on Underdog this year where you'd get DJ Moore at the end of the fourth and then Justin Fields at the beginning of the fifth. Now at the end of the year, in high stakes in particular, NFFC specifically, DJ Moore went and he was a third round pick. In fact, I saw some drafts where DJ Moore was going at the end of the second round. So they, the, the public finally, especially the high stakes public, finally got wise to DJ Moore. But it was too little too late. So many of us had so many. <laughs> the Fields Moore stacks. The easiest stack. I mean, to get a mobile quarterback, a game-breaking quarterback with his game-breaking, clear alpha receiver outside the first three rounds was such a gift. It's such an easy stack to make. So so many so so many times you just boom 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 every time you're picking at forty eight bam bam picking at forty seven bam bam fields and more and this Bears defense right this Bears defense is not what it was. This is not the fantasy pushover defense. This isn't the defense to target anymore. Clearly <laughs> playing all those lions. Oh whoops. The Bears defense is improving. You know, they have all these draft picks from Carolina. It's this is this is an exciting time. So exciting times ahead for Bears fans. Big statement game for the franchise. That that scoreboard really mattered. Takeaway number four: the Chargers front office should be embarrassed, and they should all quit too. So Max Crosby should quit, and the entire Chargers front office should quit. And we talked about it this summer. The most embarrassing non-move by any front office in the NFL was the Chargers not spending the requisite, and it's not a lot of money, right? It's not a lot. To bring in a Gardner Minshew is not a lot of money. It's not that expensive. It's what even a Taylor Heineke, it's not that, it's it's worth it, right? It's worth it. Jacoby Brissett. I said, why are the Chargers not signing Jacoby Brissett? They have the worst backup quarterback room out there it's like herbert and then you're terrified and herbert's going to miss time these quarterbacks most of them miss time every year every year dak prescott misses games every year now joe burrow missing it they miss games kirk cousins gone like most of these quarterbacks are going to miss some time if not the whole season aaron Rodgers. so to, to have nothing behind justin herbert but easton stick is just gross negligence by the franchise gross negligence by the Chargers front office and the broken finger happens as it happens. You hit your finger on a helmet and you're out for the game and you get embarrassed by a division rival. The Chargers general manager should be embarrassed. That's It's on that person, right? It's that front office that should be... And look at the Raiders. It's the same thing. What's behind Jimmy Garoppolo? We know Jimmy Garoppolo's not going to make it for the whole season. You're going to let it... You're going to... You're going to entrust the franchise to Aiden O'Connell you can't do that to Max Crosby right you can't do that to Keenan Allen you can't do that that's why it's gross negligence that's why it's a fireable offense to go into an NFL season without a quality backup quarterback 
There's no excuse. There's no excuse. They're always available. Every year you see, oh, Jacoby Brissett, he just signed with Washington. Oh, Gardner Minshew, he just signed with Indianapolis. Those are really smart moves. And those are half the top takeaways from this weekend. The top five are coming up after this. It has been two years since Josh Larkey paved the way for fantasy gamers to start expecting positive returns from Pick'em games, specifically underdog Pick'ems. And how do you do it? Well, you look at the slate and you find a great shootout or a sneaky shootout. You also look for a shit show game. Three, four, five, six guys in one game. That's right. You can do it. You can do it. And you could 100x your payout on underdog. Think about week one. Jets-Bills was a shit show. Did we see the Aaron Rodgers injury coming? No, but we knew the Jets have a good defense. We knew the Bills have a good defense. Why not expect the worst? And the worst is what we got. So if you had gone Dalvin Cook less than, Garrett Wilson less than, Aaron Rodgers less than, Josh Allen less than, Gabriel Davis less than, boom, 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 boom. You can go six for six. Same thing in week two. Oh, week two. Oh, sneaky shootout there in Philadelphia. Minnesota's going to be in comeback mode, so we'll go Cousins, Jefferson, Hawkinson, more than, Madison, less than, but also Swift, more than. Boom, 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 boom. That's how you do it with the underdog pickums, and you use promo code UNDERWORLD to get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. You put in 100, underdog matches that deposit up to 100 bucks with promo code UNDERWORLD. Go start picking. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The Brees Hall Dynasty buy window is closed. That's takeaway number five. It is closed. Shut! What a day. What a day for... I'm happy for all, all these Jets. They deserve it. They they deserve... they they That defense is a, a lunch pail defense. And the Houston Texans, they got sauced. They got sauced. That's that's the next takeaway, right? Hey, I mean, Sauce Gardner. I mean, this is. I mean, wow. What? Like, wow. How can you not love this team? Quinn and Williams. I mean, it just these. They're all. They're. I mean, amazing. Right. I mean, thirty to six. Yeah, Stroud left with a concussion in the fourth quarter. Halfway through the fourth quarter, he couldn't even get to a hundred yards through three and a half quarters, and all he does is put up 300 yards a game. Imagine what the Jets would be 
with Aaron Rodgers. Just imagine. Just I, I hate to imagine it. You can't imagine it. They were on hard knocks. You could see it. What a tragedy. But what was the big criticism of the Jets? They let Mike White go to Miami. Mike White came on the market. Miami <laughs> sucked him right up. Gardner Minshew comes available. <laughs> Chris Ballard sucks him right up. Mm. <clears throat> what could have been for the Jets? What could have been? What could have been? What could have been? They sauced the Texans. And Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter left his body. He left his body and everyone had a day. The thing that I didn't think was possible, that Bijan, Pitts, and London could all get there in the same game with Desmond Ritter under center, it happened. He left his body and it happened. They lost, which was just perfect, but he did leave his body and he, and, all, and they all got there. Pitts got the touchdown and, and Bijan had a little bit of everything and... London had the targets. It was just a, hey, little bit, hey, hey, you get a car, you get a car, you get a car. That's what happens when Desmond Ritter is going for 300 yards. That's what happens when you play the Buccaneers. Ooh, we're, we're down to the top three takeaways. Ooh. The Josh Dobbs Cinderella slipper smashed into a million pieces. And I warned you, I warned you, I warned you. I said, hey, this is nice for fantasy that Josh Dobbs is out here running 30, 40 yards a game, and having some efficient performances, but it's Josh Dobbs. He's a journeyman. He's the, he's the, exactly the type of backup quarterback that you want that can come in for three or four games and be that bridge. That's the type of quarterback that the Chargers should have signed, but they didn't. But you don't put your entire franchise on his shoulders. That's not who he is. And of course, he's going to have these games where he just implodes and throws a hospital ball that gets... The, the star wide receiver of the NFL put in the hospital. But brutal. The sport is brutal. It's getting safer and a lot less scandalous. But still, the NFL remains brutal. And Josh Dobbs is not a long-term starter in the NFL. But I heard that. I heard that was a thing. Oh, 2024. I want Josh Dobbs for 2024. I'm getting Josh Dobbs in Dynasty. What? <laughs> Wait, what? It's like, hey, enjoy your streamer that turns into an every week starter. Then it's like, oh, yeah, I got him in Dynasty. Excuse me? And top takeaway, takeaway number two, right? Takeaway, top takeaway here. Michael Pittman, right? Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman is a target god. A target god. The gods rain footballs down on Michael Pittman. He looks like an Adonis. He looks like a Greek statue. He should be outside the Parthenon. I almost said the Colosseum. That would, that would be a Roman statue. The Pantheon, that's in Rome. Michael Pittman would also be great there. He, also, he, looked, he could be anywhere. Cairo, Egypt, anywhere. right? Anywhere where, there, where there's artifacts of... Beautiful human beings, godlike human beings. There's Michael Pittman. Four straight games for Michael Pittman. Four straight games with double-digit targets. Eight games on the season. He already has eight games with double-digit targets. Like, how is that even possible? He's blowing minds. Michael Pittman is blowing minds. But not quite as much as the San Francisco 49ers are blowing minds. They're blowing my mind. Right, because we went on the 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 thirty thirteen podcast. I went on with Josh, Theo, and it was a whole bunch of people. It was great, big big group. All had our Super Bowl predictions, and of course, 
I had the Eagles coming out of the NFC. And Theo was very smart. Theo said, no, I think the Cowboys could come out. And then and other, others said, oh, well, well, the 49ers. And I'm like, really? I'm the only one picking the Eagles. And boy, do I feel like a fool now. Because the 49ers are going to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> like, spoiler alert, let's run the sounder. Can we just run? Can we run the sounder? I think we need to. This is this is needed. Shh. Spoiler alert. Yeah, 49ers going to win it all. 49ers, it's their Super Bowl to lose. And I'm going to be miserable because it's going to be Shanahan. And then by extension, right, Mike McDaniel. So it's like, okay, they're going to coronate Shanahan with the Super Bowl, even though it's the superstars on the field wearing the shoulder pads and the uniforms and the numbers. They're the ones that are actually performing the feats of athletic brilliance that get you to the Super Bowl and win it. Not freaking guy with the Sharpie. But the, this is, this is I'm going to be so frustrated by the coach-centric analysis around the 49ers, and it's only going to get worse now. It's only going to, I thought we were getting towards a cure for this you know, coach-centric analysis disease that has plagued fantasy football analysis and football analysis generally for so many years. Incrementally, we're, you know, we're building up an immunity, right? We're just taking a little bit of uh, just a, a half a peanut a day, and we're going to eventually, we're going to get to a point where we can, we can move past this and we can live normal lives again. But no, no, we're not. We're going to get right back to it. And it's going to, and then because of Shanahan, then, then it's McDaniel. And these, they're, they're going to be the, you know, the reason why the teams are winning. It's going to, it's going to absolutely infuriate me. I can already see it coming. 49ers win it all. If, if they beat the Dolphins in the Super Bowl and it's Shanahan versus Shanahan tree, I, I will lose my mind. I will lose my mind because the reason why the 49ers are so good is that Brock Purdy's the MVP. Brock Purdy, Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, they are the president, the vice president, the treasurer of the massive dong club. It's them. They're the reason. A healthy Debo Samuel is unstoppable on the football field. Unstoppable. They're so good. I mean, Christian McCaffrey, he, he's on track now to be the greatest running back in the history of the NFL. Like, oh, well, is it, it could have been Gale Sayers, but actually it was Walter Payton, now it's Emmett Smith. No, it's actually Barry Sanders. Well, uh, what about Ladanian Tomlinson? One guy was special and electric and... The other guy had all the yards. The other guy had the perseverance and the tenacity, longevity. One guy had the electric playmaker. So did you like Gale Sayers? Do you like the Barry Sanders archetype? Are you more, a, more of a Walter Payton, more of a Emmett Smith? And you're deciding who the, best, who the best is, who the best of all time. It's not clear. The best running back of all time is wide open. Why not Christian McCaffrey? Why not? You got your 15 fantasy points with just pure yardage this time. It's only... He's... He's game script proof. So, okay, you have Debo Samuel, the best wide receiver with the ball in his hands in the league, maybe ever. Okay, you have Brock Purdy, MVP, and you have Christian McCaffrey, the GOAT running back. President, vice president, treasurer of the massive Dong Club, and the reason why this offense is so good. And wow, Billy Muzio was right. Billy Muzio was like, 
why is anyone talking about Trey Lance earlier this year? He said, Brock Purdy is going to be back. And if he's even remotely healthy, he's just so much better than Trey Lance as a quarterback playing the quarterback position in this league called the National Football League. It doesn't have to be any harder than that. He's just really, really good. And shame on me for calling anyone other than Brock Purdy the next Tom Brady. I keep trying to force this Jalen Hurts as Tom Brady on the world. And then we look up and, okay, the 49ers are crushing the Eagles. And then the Cowboys, whom the 49ers crushed, also crushed the Eagles. And I just need to take the L. I'm, gonna take the, I'm taking the L on Jalen Hurts as Tom Brady. It's actually Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy, it's, it's the one-for-one one comparison. Similar game, similar draft capital. Oh, the, the it coach of the era. Oh, everything together. A game manager plus. He's game manager plus with a great defense. Why make this complicated? Right? So that's the number one takeaway. Debo, Purdy, McCaffrey. They're the reason. They're the and I I I wish that I had been earlier on the 49ers. Man. I just held on to the Eagles. I held on to my Eagles a little too long. I really did. I really did. But I, you know, I I had a feeling too. And I when I heard the case for the Cowboys, Theo's case for the Cowboys, and no one was picking the Eagles. I started to feel a little bit like in my stomach, like, uh-oh, I stayed on this ride a little too long at the carnival. I'm starting to feel a little bit of a stomach ache. Ah! All right, so those are the top 10 takeaways, but yet more takeaways. So I have I have rapid-fire takeaways. So we're doing top 10 takeaways and then rapid-fire takeaways, Okay. Jimmy Graham flashback, age 37. He's back in a Saints uniform. I think that's very cool. Bryce Young, 36% completion percentage. I think that's very cool. Just what it doesn't matter. Like, even in a game where CJ Stroud goes under 100 yards, somehow Bryce Young was still worse. He's always going to be worse. Alvin Kamara is giving you what you wanted from Austin Eckler this year, except the strangest receiving game I've ever seen for a running back. Five targets. Hey, he got the five targets. He get everything. Get your carries. Get your targets. This is why we loved Alvin Kamara down the stretch. But those five targets, negative 11 yards. So, what? Okay. Cool. Somehow the, the, the Panthers are the best at stopping the screen. A.T. Perry. A.T. Perry was the receiving yards later. Leading receiver for the Saints was A.T. Perry. It was one big catch, 44 yards, but he did it. You're going to hear that name, A.T. Perry, more and more as we go. I'm on Ross St. Brown. Rare dud game. Remember it. Take a snapshot with your eyes. Like, remember, right? Take that Take that picture with your eyes. I'm on Ross St. Brown. Rare dud. Roshan Johnson is a catastrophe. He's a waiver wire catastrophe. Picking up Roshan Johnson over Ezekiel Elliott on the waiver wire will go down as one of the greatest mistakes of single-week pickup impact in the history of my waiver wire advice. And yet, longer term, I believe in Roshan, as should you. We have a buy-low window now on Roshan Johnson and Dynasty. That's what I, might start, what I really care about. Yeah, eating the dud on Roshan hurts, right? And I really wish I'd been, hey, you know, Zeke against the Steelers. Why not? Who says no? Should have gone with the chalk move. So I'm suffering from not going chalk there. 
the Jacksonville Jaguars are the most pretender team I can remember. They are the pretenders among pretenders. You think about all the pretenders out there, pretender teams, the Jags are the, and, and it makes sense. This is the Jags. They're the Jags. The, the Jags. Jags. Jag stands for just a guy. That's the name of their team. And yet we somehow like, oh, they're coming. Jake Browning, got you there. Yeah, I might have been wrong about the key decision to make, which was Roshan versus Zeke. But hey, I got I got you, your number one streamer, Jake Browning. Hey, congrats there. Be very careful. There's a debate going on right now. It's a heated debate at Player Profiler whether we should vault Chase Brown. The answer is no, an emphatic no. He is not good at football. All he did at the Senior Bowl was fumble, miss protections, and look incompetent. Yes, he's fast. A lot of guys are fast. Ty Johnson's fast. We're not going to fall for the Ty Johnson banana in the tailpipe at Player Profiler with Chase Brown. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. Congrats to Calvin Ridley on his 30% catch rate. And Zay Jones, uh, hold my beer. And uh, anyone that started Parker Washington got the bailout touchdown. Right, you were point chasing on Parker Washington, and you got bailed out, but you still got very little because we told you the guy that you're going to want, the, the go-to receiver now in Jacksonville is not Calvin Ridley. It is Evan Ingram. David Njoku also. David Njoku, Evan Ingram, athletic tight ends that are actually past the age apex, even for a tight end. Tight ends break out late, but they are they're breaking out very late. I know that Evan Ingram already broke out as a rookie, David Njoku having a career year, tight end seven on the season. I love seeing it. I love seeing Njoku and Ingram, athletic tight ends, being used properly. Right now, Ingram is tied with George Kittle, also athletic. Oh, shocker. I was also shocked by Mike Evans, one fantasy point. I was looking for an injury. Did anyone see an injury? How is it that the Buccaneers scored 29 points, look great, and Mike Evans has one fantasy point? All I've been talking about is how surprised I am by Mike Evans. And then he's like, did I hear the Podfather finally praising me for the first time? I'm going to go ahead and uh, put up one fantasy point. We must point out that Jordan Mason had four carries for 20 yards and a touchdown, eight fantasy points. And in that game, Seattle covered. Don't forget, Seattle covered. That was a 14 and a half point spread. And whenever you have a spread that big, oh, it's 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 going to be Drew Locke and it's, you know, it's going to be a total blowout. They're at home. It's the NFL, man. Seattle has a lot of good players. 14 and a half points. That was an absurd spread. Of course, you're taking Seattle just on principle. And they covered. Jordan Mason, in a game where it was, it was never completely and totally out of hand, Jordan Mason still getting in there, still getting carries. That's a guy I'm targeting. If the waiver wire is still open, that's a guy I'm stashing. Most guys, if you're stashing. Anyway, Jordan Mason, he's the new best possible stash for fantasy football. Rashi Rice. Rashi Rice had another big game. We said, hey, get ready. Get out ahead of this. Right? The 20-point performances for Rashi Rice are destiny. He's destined to have these performances. So why not just get him now in Dynasty? The buy window on Rashi Rice is as closed, shut, maybe even more shut, tightly shut, than even the Brees Hall di Dynasty buy window being shut. And I think there's an open question. I know that you look at the, the, the overall performance and it's not comparable, but 
Rashi Rice, much better athlete. Rashi Rice, better team, much better quarterback in the long run. Draft capital, everything. Right? Notice I mentioned draft capital last instead of first. That's how I'm wired. Let me know in the chat. Who would you rather have in Dynasty? This is a question. I think this is a legitimate question. Who would you rather have in, Di- in Dynasty? Would you have Puka Nakua or Rashi Rice? Would you rather have Puka Nakua or Rashi Rice? I don't necessarily think this is a slam dunk. I, I think when you think about the situation these guys are in, their athleticism upside, it's it's not necessarily a slam dunk for Puka Nakua. And then you have to ask the question, what about uh, we had what we thought was the Jackson Smith and Jigba breakout eminent, right? Had to he was he was going to get that that twenty plus point performance that Rashi Rice finally put up. Well, we were going to get that from Jackson Smith and Jigba. Then ooh, you know, Drew Locke put a stop to that. When the backup quarterback comes in, if you're technically the third receiver in the read progressions, that's a wrap. You can't expect a lot. I think for you know the number of targets he got, like seven targets. That was best case scenario for Jackson Smith and Jigba with a Drew Locke. And now, who would you rather have in Dynasty? Rashi Rice or Jackson Smith and Jigba? Who would you rather have in Dynasty? Rashi Rice or Puka Nakua? It's now a fair question to ask. I would still rather have all of them than Quinton Johnston. But Quinton Johnston was efficient. Fortunately, Quinton Johnston's been so bad in such perfect circumstances. And then that he would actually be efficient without Justin Herbert to me, is just hilarious. It's hilariously bad timing that he would put up an efficient game in a blowout loss. It just says everything. It says everything. I love it. So, like, even when he performs well, it's in a situation that where he loses credibility and loses legitimacy. It's like, yeah, I get it, but it was garbage time, and it wasn't even... Justin Herbert, the whole reason people were drafting him in the first place is hilarious. And the reason you drafted Tony Pollard in the first place is what he gave you, right? Even against the Eagles, this rush defense, they don't allow fantasy points to anybody. No running backs can score fantasy points against the Eagles. But what does Tony Pollard do? What does Tony Pollard do? What what does Tony Pollard do? Let me ask you this. What does Tony what does Tony Pollard do? I'll tell you what Tony Pollard does. Tony Pollard puts up his bare minimum 15 fantasy points. That's his floor. That's the floor for Tony Pollard each and every week, 15 fantasy points, even against the Eagles. That's who he drafted, man. That's our guy. How about them Cowboys? He's on track now to be the greatest running back in the history of the NFL. Like, oh, well, is it, it could have been Gail Sayers, but actually it was Walter Payton, now it's Emmett Smith. And boy, do I feel like a fool now.